the concept of having a map in your pocket is kind of kind of cool. But I could also carry a map. I'm fine with maps. <laughs> we passed a, a, a remember map quest. Remember yeah. we used to oh you go print somewhere, out, you print yes. it out, fold oh, yeah. it up, put it in your pocket. So I used to ride motorcycles in our lifetime, yeah. brother. In our lifetime, I had a tank bag. For my motorcycle. Sure, yeah. You and put the it top of it had a yep. it open, yep. you know, a clear... Clear plastic. You pocket, put, your, yeah, put your, your map, map in quest there. in so there. that's a great idea to be riding like that. Oh, well, yeah, but that's what we did. Sure. <laughs> we didn't die. Yeah, right. and we're still here. Exactly. That's right. Welcome back to the interview podcast on the Why Millbank Podcast Network. Uh, from normally Millbank, South Dakota, this is Craig Weinberg. Today, I have a very unique opportunity to be out of the studio in sunny hill country, Texas, for our guest today, theinterviewpodcast.org is where you can find all these conversations and where you can return the value you get out of the show. We are operating under the value for value model uh, originated by John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry of the No Agenda Show, where we create the product, put it out to you with no barrier to entry, and you determine if you get value out of it, what that is, send it back our way. You can do that at theinterviewpodcast.org. Or you can share it across your social medias, across your circles of influence. And also, you can stream sats if you listen on the Fountain app, the interview. Adam Curry is here, the podfather, the man responsible for this entire genre across the interweb, the podcast world. Adam Curry uh, invited me into his studio, Command Central for the No Agenda Show and everything he does, including the Fountain Number One podcast, Curry and the Keeper. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. I had an absolute blast. Got to hang out with him for the afternoon. Thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Let's get right into it with Adam Curry. So this is a um, kind of a weird, unique situation that I'm in. Um, I'm in Command Center. I think, <laughs> or on the backside of command center, um, with the one and only, uh, Adam Curry. Um, I'm very grateful that you took the time to let me come into your studio and say hi. No, I've, Craig, first of all, it's good to have you here. It's so it's cool. Been, it's been lovely to have you guys here for the afternoon. You've been doing a lot of fun photos with us, which we really appreciate. Yes, those will be, <clears throat> they should be pretty cool. This must be weird for people because like, wait a minute, this sounds very different from, uh, from what Craig's sound usually is. But I think that has to be that way. You have to have mm -hmm. the, the full, so you're in my studio, so you get my setup, my sound. Yeah, I don't know if it's good or bad that I'm in the, the keeper's seat, but... It sounds we'll good over it. It there, man. Good. Like, <laughs> she's dialed in perfectly. Absolutely. I, I got, now, you, actually, you, you have a very similar uh, profile. At least it works well. It sounds good to me. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, all right. So I don't want to go back into time fully with you because uh, if anyone wants to know what's up, you know, who you are, what you do, um, it's out there a bunch. I mean, you yes. just last week you were on uh, Beck for the, is that the second time you were with Glenn Beck? Yeah, second time. Um, how was that? What's that? What's that like walking into that kind of a, of an environment? You know, it's weird because Beck, he's really a TV guy. So it, you know, he still has a makeup room with makeup mm -hmm. ladies. He's got, you know... He's got writers, he's got producers, he's got segment producers. He has, he really has, it's a very official kind of vibe to it. So it actually keys me up a little bit. I'm, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to back. Does it take you right back to the old days? 
in a way, um, now I know that I'm going to be fine, but I, it does make me more nervous than, mm-hmm. than, 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 you know, got a dressing room with my name on it, you know, all that stuff. So feel, really like feel, green rooms? Oh really? yeah. It, it feels very official. It's like, oh, and the young people come in and say, okay, Glenn, I'll be ready for mm-hmm. you a little bit. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> You know, and I actually was able to sneak in early and, you know, raise my chair up a little bit, although well, apparently it still, still wasn't enough. You right. can raise that one up. <laughs> You'll just cheat and raise the desk. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a, but I'm never really worried. I always know kind of what I'm, the th- look, I only talk about things I know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't get into well, a situation where you're talking about something you don't know anything yeah. about. So th- that's, that's kind of my, my, my secret there. Is there much free flow ability? With, with that, cause it's pretty tight. I mean, are, are they on a tight hour pretty much, or is it, is it open? I think it's like an hour and a half mm-hmm. and uh, they added a few things out, I think just for tightness or whatever. Yeah. There's a few things that I was like, Oh, I didn't hear. I don't remember that, but that got taken out. Um, but it, you know, it feels real. It's not like a Rogan is a different thing, you know, where you, you know, you're going to be there for a while and you can go on off all kinds of tangents and, you know, uh, Joe will just take you on a, on a crazy ride. So for Beck, it's more, you know, that he has a couple things mm-hmm. he wants to talk about. I've already basically told the producer, you know, who I knew that they were going to talk about my faith because she's like, Oh, congratulations. You got baptized. Glenn would love to talk to you. Okay. So I knew that was going to be a part of it. Uh, although I didn't expect it to be that long. There was like 20 or 25 minutes. Yeah. But it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, well, it, it's a big deal. Cause you're how old? Uh, 58, 58, 59 in September. So 58 years of believing a certain thing. Oh, almost. Uh, yeah, well, kind believing, of believing a certain way. Believing other things. Or yeah. Not, or yeah, yeah. Maybe not believing. Just not believing in anything. Yeah. You know, I was raised Unitarian for a while there. I was like, all right. I don't, it really meant, it was meaningless <laughs> to me. It just meant nothing. Uh, I have respect for all religions. I have a lot of Jewish friends. I've been to, mm-hmm. you know, more bat and bar mitzvahs than I care to even <laughs> think about. You know, so I've been in temple and like, huh, oh, it seems like a hassle. Uh, been to... Uh, uh, Catholic churches, Presbyterian churches, you know, they've been you know, different occasions, mm-hmm. but nothing, never really connected with it myself for, yeah. for any reason whatsoever. But that's, it's unique in that a lot of people that go that long in their life to then have such a paradigm shift, it is a unique scenario. And I think that's what everyone is just kind of mind blown about because <laughs> particularly me, <laughs> well, yeah, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. Um, you know, and you talk about your, your um, journey to that point was deciding to explore whether Jesus was real or not. Right. Well, is that, is that it, kind of part of that? It, it was, it was a little, a little bit longer than that. Um, so I, well, we, during COVID, there was a lot of different things going on. And I, I think I told this on, on Beck and on Rogan as well, that Naomi Wolf had written these sub stacks and Tina and I, you know, she was, always much more interested in, in faith. And, uh, she, you know, tried a couple of churches out previously, but I wasn't really quite there at mm-hmm. all for, you know, um, and like, cause, cause you didn't see value in it or it just wasn't of interest at the time. I, you know, I went, we went to Austin stone church when we were just dating and, um, and I was like, that's oh, kind of okay. Um, I like the pastors, you know, they were, um, you know, I like kind of connecting scripture to everyday life. It was a little legalistic in a way that was kind of more stricter church, but still, you know, and then they had the worship team, which to me sounded like everything sounded like a U2 song. I'm like, yeah, 
<laughs> you know, and, and, and it was on a Sunday, a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. I'd done the show, so I was tired, you know, and I kind of couldn't, just couldn't get into it. But it it wasn't, it's not the church, it was me. Mm. You know, I, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't receiving any, I just didn't see, okay, I, 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 you know, I could listen to a podcast, mm-hmm. I could listen to this guy, talk about stuff. It just, it, there was nothing that I, it didn't hit me for any reason. Yeah. Um. Because I, I, I guess I just think that that's, you know, everyone, <clears throat> you said back there talking about, you know, that's such a big deal and that it did take a good portion of the, the interview, which I, mm-hmm. I liked because it, it, you know, one of the things you bring such a depth of um, world knowledge to the conversation for the most part, like most of your conversations you have, um, you're adding to it. Mm. Like you're not just another voice that's saying the same echo. You're actually adding content to the conversation. I think that's one of the things that really sets you apart. And for me, in a lot of, of world affairs is you bring value. Oh, um, that's very kind of you to say that, but I, I would hope so. Well, and, yeah. and even in the, this Christian conversation, mm-hmm. um, you know, you happily admit that you are new yeah, and you oh, don't yeah. have all the answers. I don't expect to have them all yeah. ever, honestly, you know, at all. But you're willing to have the conversation, even with a, a small amount of info that mm-hmm. you believe and have hung on to. That's something that a lot of Christians can't do because, and I don't know if it's a, a fear or being beat down for so long or have, you know, have this oppression that you guys are just haters. You're closed minded. You're, you know, the thing you do is just so. Well, stop right there because yes, um, I now realize that uh, the Lord has been working through me for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And part of that is that I'm not afraid to say all kinds of stuff. Moon landing? No. You know, don't believe it. 9-11? Got (laughs) some issues with it. You know, and uh, JFK, all these conspiracy theories. But also, um, it was not popular in uh, in mainstream media during COVID uh, within two weeks to say, excuse me, something's off here. Mm -hmm. Your numbers are off. Uh, I know you two, Burks and Fauci. I know you from other situations. I don't trust you. I don't think, I think there's something... (laughs) something wrong going on. So I've never been afraid to speak out, to speak my mind. Um, so for me, it was just as natural um, uh, to say, oh, uh, but now I'm a believer and here's, and here's how I came to this point and talk about it. Um, yeah, for sure. I'm noticing that um, just the reactions I'm getting, a lot of people like, wow, you know, I, I wish I could do that so mm-hmm. easily. Or, um, you know, I, I wish more people would do that. And it seems to me like, wow, you know, that's just who I am. And, and, um, and, and I have really, I have nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, I've put myself in this great position, um, for the past almost 16 years where art, you know, my public persona is something that I control entirely. No one can tell me what to do. I have a partner who accepts me for who I am. I accept him for who, who he is, uh, and what we discuss on the show. And, uh, and by the way, that's this conversation that you and I are having, it's not appropriate to discuss that on no agenda, but I can discuss things coming from where I come from now. Mm-hmm. That's totally appropriate. Um, and, uh, and it's, and I think that there is a, just absolute fear, but of course people who come out for their faith have been persecuted for, you know, thousands of years. Yeah. This is nothing new. And in fact, you know, um, reading scripture, reading scripture says yeah. right there, you know, oh, you're going to be persecuted. Mm-hmm. You know, literally that word is used like that'll happen. I'm like, okay. So I'm, I'm kind of expecting it. And then, you know, what is it like? Oh, some nasty comments on uh, YouTube right. or nasty comments on Twitter. Oh, boo hoo. Yeah. I'm not afraid <laughs> of that. You know, and also I'm not going to, I'm not going to respond to it. You know, it's like, I know mm-hmm. better than that. So I'm yeah. not going to waste my energy on that. 
So you've had several, you know, you've been on the social medias for a long time. So you've had certain in the Twitter space. Um, I've heard Man, guys you talk said Twitter space. So, I'm All sorry. Right. You said space. Oh, the Twitter <laughs> sphere is what I meant. Oh, even better. <laughs> Twitter sphere. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, some of the guys, they refuse to look at comments because they don't want to hear the negative. That's like Joe. Joe Rogan doesn't look at comments yeah. ever, ever. Is that good? Um, I think it depends on who you are. I mean, um, Joe's a very sensitive guy, so that I'm sure that that troubles him or he might, he feels he might get sucked in. Um, I, I really, the only social media I still use is Twitter and I basically use it as an inbox. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a way for people to send me a link real quick, you know, like, oh, check this out or check out what this person said. And I use it as a signaling mechanism. Mm-hmm. We're going live. Yep. The show has been published. That's pretty much it. Will I interact? Rarely. So, um, again, it's, you know, I, I know how to interact with people and I know what real interaction is. And, uh, I decided long, long ago, well, you know, I got rid of Facebook and I got off Reddit. Like, why am I giving my talent and my fun insights to Mark (laughs) Zuckerberg or, you know, Dorsey or anybody like that? Why, why would I do that? Mm -hmm. You know, I'll keep that for my own show. That's that. That's always been my driving force. Like, I'm, I'm not going to give this away to some other guy for free. No, yeah. I'm going to keep it for my own stuff. So I first interacted, uh, or first encountered you, I should say, um, because of Dvorak uh, when he was on the Twit Network with sure Leo. Um, and back then, uh, I don't feel like Leo played his politics as boldly as he turned out to be. And so the show was great, but it turned out to be only good when Dvorak was on. Uh, so, I hear that a lot. So I was like, ah, okay, I don't care enough as much. And he kept mentioning this show that he did with someone I, I didn't grow up with MTV, so I didn't know you back then. Um, but um, I found No Agenda, I think, oh, nine. And it's probably true to say that I haven't missed an episode really more so, than so probably in the like around episode 100 when uh, you came around in? then because wow. it was um it was the early obama years and the uh the clippity clop jingle was yes. big time back then <laughs> come Wait, on you gotta have it yeah, <laughs> I, i'm sure i could find it hold on a second but that was a good one Clip, uh-huh. it's clippity clop Goodness, I haven't heard that in a long time. It's clippity clop. The message is clear. It's clear. Clippity clop. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Because she would go. come clomping down the halls of yeah. the Senate, I think. What, no, when was she it? was um when she was, when uh, she was in, in the Senate, yeah. yeah. And she'd come as senator. To the, she'd come to do her little speech, be mm-hmm. clip clop, clip clop. <laughs> and we're like, oh, there comes the cloven one. You're like, right. here she is yes. with her hooves. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Clippity clop. Right. Good times, man. Good oh, yeah. times. I so forgot about that. Back in then, like I we had first moved to South Dakota from Oregon, uh, 2008. And I inadvertently ran across, uh, the twit network back then. And then I was like, I know that voice, you know, the tech guy. Uh, so then I started listening and then from there, then it pulled into no agenda. Uh, and then out of that DH unplugged and then, uh, now currying the keeper <laughs> living you. up in a down world with uh-huh. Jimmy and Annette. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really kind of a cool circle, almost a, a community of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, was any of that in your head when you were thinking of, of starting to do this day, not daily, well, you did the, the daily show for a while at the beginning. Was it, was it daily? Da- da- they mean daily, the daily source, source code? code? Yeah. Um, okay. So as a radio guy, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I've learned a lot 
from doing, you know, like big radio in Europe and, and like New York. And whenever you can involve the audience, now the typical top 40 radio station involvement is be called a 100 you know you win right. fabulous prizes <laughs> yo hello yeah. what's your name kashanda kashanda what's your favorite <laughs> is he 100 yeah. yeah that's it um but to have people either show up somewhere a remote broadcast i know that that's always very successful but whenever you can read a note or or, or mm-hmm. give people the idea that they can contribute they always like that and i did that in the netherlands we did a, a lot a lot of interaction stuff like we'd have people send us stuff you know, through the mail and just you know and we'd read letters and we'd have an uh, answering machine we'd play their their messages you know and cut up in weird mm-hmm. ways and all that kind of stuff um and with podcasting we had a, a couple of really cool things one is it doesn't have to be a particular time so you can listen whenever you want and we have all these feedback mechanisms emails um at the time, uh, you know, forums or weblogs. Or we've, we've had a chat room for No Agenda for, goodness, 14 years. An IRC Was it chat. almost at the beginning? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still really? and it's still the same chat room run by <laughs> Void Zero. It's an IRC chat room, you know, with web w- uh, widgets, whatever. Works quite well. Um, and it's open 24-7. And that's really where you see that, you know, hey, these people are hanging around. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I look right now... Um, I don't even know how to do it, but I'm saying there's probably about 40 people online right now just sitting there and just you know, we, interacting around whatever's out there on the stream currently. Yeah, whatever's, whatever's going on in their world. Let me see if I can count what's, uh, how many people are. Mm, I'd have to log in again. But see, we are actually in Command Central. We here. are in Command Central, exactly. Like uh, 1,000. <laughs> so there's just, you know, there's something on the stream, but it's not even people are just in that chat mm-hmm. room and just chatting about stuff or. You know, if there's some event, then they'll all go in the chat room. And so this started to build. And uh, as we built out our model, uh, we're lazy guys. Honestly, it came from a place of laziness. Like, you know, we should really have, uh, you know, uh, this. We should have uh, um, a place where artists can upload their art so we can use it. Because we're not going to make art for Mm. the the show. Um, Maybe we can have artists do that. Was there a call? Did you actually put a call out for art or no, it just started happening? Usually we talk, we talk about something on the show. We say, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be great if we just had this, you know, place where artists can upload? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. That would be great to have. <laughs> Someone we, did we that. Just move, and yeah, Paul Couture, he did it. He was the first artist to upload. And then that just kind of caught steam. And this thing has also been going, we have like 30,000 pieces of art in the, in the art crazy. generator for, you know, for 1,559 episodes. Uh, so we get to choose and, mm-hmm. you know, so then, uh, and then, uh, I can't even remember what we were distributing. We were on Mevio, I think at the time distributing the, the, the show and that got to be, you know, pretty big. And then uh, I was going to leave Mevio and then all of a sudden someone, uh, Mark void zero stood up and said, Hey, you know what? I want to put together a little uh, CDN for us. You know, I can do this. I know what I'm doing. I'm a dude named Ben. And, uh, I think to this day we still pay like $500 a month. We push a terabyte of data a day. And is that really what the, the bandwidth is? Yeah. A terabyte. It evens out to about a terabyte uh, of data wow. a day. Um, and it was a lot, mm-hmm. that's a lot of bytes, <laughs> oh, and, but you know, it still costs us the same amount, you know, and he, however he figured that out and it's distributed, it's not through Cloudflare, So mm-hmm. we can't easily be you know, taken down. And, and that was always our model, you know? And so then, I don't know, just, you know, there was a point where we said, you know, we should have our own challenge coins. Oh my God. I remember that. We've had so many challenge <laughs> coins that people right. made. I mean, crazy challenge <laughs> coins just off the hook. 
you know, beautiful. Th- Whenever we came up with, with a wacky mm-hmm. idea, someone would say, oh, I'll do this. And then you start to discover how everybody is an expert in something. Mm. Everybody knows something, you know, whether it's photography, whether it's nursing, whether it's uh, piloting, whether, you know, vocations mainly. And what's a lot of stuff in the news is about, you know, expertise that our people have. And it's like, it is your job to mm-hmm. let us know, A, if we're talking stupid about what you know about, or, you know, please be ahead of it right. and, and let us know what's going on in your field so that mm-hmm. we can use that. And we trust these people implicitly. And I, and it, I think we've always been right. Um, so this is how we knew uh, during COVID that, you know, we had ventilator training yeah. techs who would train the technicians saying, uh, this is the wrong it's protocol. We're, well. we're killing yeah. people. Now they can't stand up for themselves and, the, or they didn't feel like they could say it. You know, this is sad, but you know, people, everyone's captured these days, mm-hmm. except for these two crazy podcasters. We're really not that captured. You know, we, we can, we have freedom to do what we want to do without the worry of um, losing advertisers or losing revenue. Now it may, we may lose people, but we have such a vast audience that if, if a hundred people go away, it's not going to hurt us that much. Mm-hmm. And those hundred people probably didn't support us financially anyway. Um, yeah. So hey, it sounds like the whiners at church. <laughs> well, yeah, uh-huh. it, it's a way yeah, in, in probably it, yeah. it's so similar. Um, and when we were studying the value for value model, we literally looked at mega churches. We looked at all kinds of donation models, nonprofits. And we said, we don't want to be a nonprofit because we don't want the government to have any say mm-hmm. over us. Cause you know, you have to say, this is what we do. Right. And if you deviate from that, they can make problems. So no, we're just going to be a for-profit business. We'll pay our taxes. No problem. Um, but we don't want any, we want to keep as little government involvement as possible. No advertising. Really. We didn't want advertising a, because we know it's censorship, but B, we don't want to do meetings with advertising people. We just, <laughs> right. We're lazy. What are we not allowed to say? Honestly, yeah. it's like, now that didn't make it easy to start. It took several years before we could actually so-called quit our day jobs mm-hmm. before it got, you know, um, before the level was there um, that we, you know, we could basically pay the rent. That was, that's always yeah. been, can I pay the rent? Can I eat? That's the only thing we want. That's, that, that's all we've ever cared about. And we like doing the show. Was there ever, a, I mean, thinking of the advertising world, <clears throat> you were in it years back. Um, have they all, has the advertiser always been interested in controlling content or, or the message, I should say? Uh, I wouldn't or is that a newer phenomenon? No, the advertiser has always controlled hmm. the content. So the newer phenomenon is the advertiser didn't control the content. Gotcha. That was the newer phenomenon. It was always... MTV, we know exactly what you're, what you're going to show, what you're mm-hmm. not going to show. We had a whole standards and practices, you know, lots of stuff I said never made it on the air. It got burned right in the studio. Lots of videos got edited because all the they, time. they had like a list of things to, standards to go and practices. against? Standards and practices. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, lots of stuff that would mm. just would not, would not, would not, for, for as hip as MTV seemed, it wasn't that hip behind the Did scenes. Did you get called on the carpet ever? It's like, all right, you said this and you shouldn't, or they just no, no, and never no, no. It. It, the way it would work is you'd be, um, you know, you'd say something. We would do the segments, which were not live. So the segments were basically uh, we, without even seeing the videos, would be like, you know, okay, we're gonna, you're coming mm-hmm. out of White Snake, you're going into Bon Jovi. And I'd look off screen. Oh man, I love those guys at Bon Jovi or White Snake. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love Tony Katane over mm-hmm. the hood of that car. Okay, coming up next, we got Bon Jovi, or we tossed a commercial, whatever. Now, if I said something like, "Man, I think I saw I saw Tony snatch 
It'll be, uh, that's a burn. Okay. We're not going <laughs> to burn that back. That's what that was there. there so then uh, you just back up and redo that line. Yeah. Back it up. Mm-hmm. No, just back it up and do the segment over again. Oh yeah. Just drop the whole thing. The whole thing. That's why they call it a burn. So mm-hmm. we, we still record it on vi- videotape. So yep. it would roll back to the beginning of that. Oh, segment. right over it. Yeah. Erase right over oh, it. Burn geez. it. Burn it. Yeah. yeah. You bet. Burn it. Yeah. It would not make, it would no chance that it would ever air. Did you write ever? At that point, any of those scripts, or was it all written for you, or no, was it I, all on the fly? All, all ad lib. The only really? thing that was uh, written was the uh, MTV Top Twenty Countdown, because you know there was certain info, mm-hmm. but I could ad lib in and out of that as I did. Um, so that's the, what made the VJ actually personable. Is your personal uh, take on that transition? Yeah, I think um, some used. You know, everyone had a, a producer and an AP, mm-hmm. and you, it would change up. Um, some had the same, like Downtown Julie Brown <clears throat> had the same producer, Lou, and uh, he would really write stuff for her. But she would also go in and out of her wubba, mm-hmm. wubba, wubba, whatever. Um, uh, others would be very, would really stick to the script. And I, they, for me, they never even wrote anything. Mm-hmm. I said, don't bother, don't write it. Just, you know, don't worry. Just, I know what I'm, and I was well-researched because I was on the internet then in 1988 and so I you was were on the world wide web. No, the there, was, there, was, there was no or web. Was no, was no, there was gopher, gopher, was it? gopher, <laughs> gopher. Yeah. It was text-based hypertext. Um, and, uh, and there were forums and news, news groups. And, um, so I if you were there, email. who else was there? Like what content college, were you, college were you kids, scraping? college kids. Mm. Yeah, the college kids, they were all there. So I had an email address. I was, I got, I registered MTV.com. I was using that pretty early on. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, I'd hear things or there'll be things going on at colleges or that happened locally in towns and they, they'd email me about it and you wouldn't hear it on the national news for three days later. Mm. You know, because it was just coming to me directly. I'm like, this is cool. Also, the top 20 countdown, that was not at all what people thought were the top 20 videos. Uh, they gave me an earful of that all the time. You know, so. <laughs> so that was the top 20 from the label. No, um, it was based on whatever, whatever metrics they had and whatever they thought was important or whatever deals they were doing. No, it was, it was not, uh, it was clearly not audience 100%. But the top 20 countdown is never audience based. None of them are. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why charts are made and, you know, lists and rankers and all that. I have, I have no, tr- <laughs> and also these days it doesn't matter anymore. No one cares. It yeah. makes no difference. Who's, who's, who's the number one podcast. You can be number one in your little area mm-hmm. and be very successful. Mm-hmm. You can be number one in all kinds of things. Yeah. The market is, there are many markets like to call podcasts all the same is ludicrous. Millions of markets. Yeah. Millions. That's the whole new model. That's, mm-hmm. that's what we discovered. We got, 850 to a mil- thousand to a million people, that, you know, it comes in and out, depends. Mm-hmm. But I'd say it, on average, 800, 900,000. Um, and it works great for us. We have a great community. We have meetups all around the world. Uh, we put our kids through school or whatever they wanted. Um, you know, we, we each have a nice home. We live comfortably. We're not billionaires. We're not really millionaires. I mean, well, you know, these days a million dollar house is not that crazy. <laughs> Doesn't mean as much anymore. No, but you know, but we live comfortably, mm-hmm. and and we and we can count on our income to fluctuate. But it's in general, yeah. it's okay. You know, when the times are bad, it sucks for us. You know, um, we never make or have a lot of donations during tax time. <laughs> 
But then when people get tax refunds, yeah. then donations go mm-hmm. up. You know, we've seen this, uh, you know, literally 15 times. I so think television you know. sales probably follow that same curve as well. Well, television literally goes on hiatus during the yeah. summer. You know, no, I mean we, the actual television we, set. Oh, the cell, <laughs> like oh, yeah, they, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah, I thought you meant ad oh. sales. No, but no, you're, no, you're right, because right. they do. They run into pre-rolls yeah. or reruns. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, and we just keep going, yeah. you know, and... And we really enjoy it. It's not, it's not work. I was, we had a friend stay over um, the other night and uh, he just left a big entertainment company is starting his own and he's raising, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and he'll be, he'll do it. He'll be very successful. And I said, I said, man, I'm so happy. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really love my life. Yeah. You know, I, I work for all intents and purposes. Never. I have fun. I got a studio at home. I sit and I get to talk to Dvorak. I love prepping. I love, uh, I love hearing from everybody. You know, I love the excitement of getting, but we do the show live. So I, I, you know, I like that. I like doing it from around the world, wherever I can, you know, on location. I love creating the sound. I just, I love mm-hmm. it all. It's like the dream, the dream job, but it's not a job. It's, it's, it's all that I do. My whole life is, is this. And I love it. I really do. You know, now we try to take at least one or two shows off a year so I can have you know, like a whole week of downtime, but that's about it. <laughs> Which yeah. is pretty incredible in any job. It's really? So, yeah. If you think about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And most people get, you know, two weeks vacation or year, six. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, mm-hmm. it's not that much different, but one thing to consider is most jobs aren't person reliant. They are a machine that needs operated. And so there's a lot of these jobs that, you know, cause for someone to be able to walk into uh, a job and be guaranteed four weeks of vacation as a signing bonus. Well, your job has to be able to continue on for those four weeks you're gone. True. So clearly yeah. it's not True. about you. It's a, you're a body to fill the spot. Mm, yeah. In, in I guess what so. you guys do and what I do too, in the, the design and photography world, uh, it kind of relies on us yeah. to yeah. be the people doing it. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. I couldn't sit in your chair and do a show with Dvorak. Uh, someone couldn't sit in Dvorak's chair and do it with you. It just wouldn't be the same. No, nope, would not. Um, no. So without that, um, like you guys are the show. Yeah. Your personalities, your insight, your wisdom, your, your ability, the way you research, the way you bring information to the table. We also could not do it without no agenda nation. There's a third, totally, there's yeah. a third player there. Mm-hmm. We, we could, if everyone said, you know what, screw those guys. We're not doing anything. The show would fall, fall yeah. apart. So there is a third entity and that is, you know, we don't call them listeners. We call them producers uh, for a reason. We do that from early on. You're producers. You're a part of the show. Mm-hmm. As I explained earlier, when you can involve people, yeah. that's when the magic happens. People take ownership and rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, and and that mm-hmm. I think in business is the same way. You know, if someone really feels invested in the company and they see that what they do specifically matters, but that can be a replaceable job uh, or, but you know, you, you you still have expertise in your field. You've got guys who drive the the uh, the forklift better than other guys. Oh, totally. You know, yeah. And and so that make and if that you know, hey, production's down by X amount of widgets this month. That's because you know Pete's on vacation. Bob's gone, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean that uh-huh. that that is that makes a difference. And and if the company respects Bob or Pete enough mm-hmm. to say. Hey man, you know, you deserve to go. It's going to suck a little bit for us, but you know, we'll, we'll be happy to see you come back. I think that gives that kind of ownership or that kind of difference you make in a company like Dunder Mifflin (laughs) makes a difference. You know, Michael Scott was still important no matter how, what kind of a a bumbling fool he was. (laughs) 
yeah, that's a good, uh, a good picture there. Um, did the, uh, the government's reactions to COVID, did that change the work landscape forever? Do you think, you know, with, with the forced work at home, the, the government ranking of value in work and who's valuable. Yeah, who's I, think, I think it changed a lot of things. Yeah. I think it, ch- it changed a lot of people's perspectives on work. Um, I think certainly younger people, they're like, well, they really don't have no loyalty towards company. Uh, or I see very little of it. Um, the idea of working from home is just kind of like a standard given. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I don't have to physically be there, I shouldn't have to be there, uh, which I think is bad. I think it's, you know, there's a lot of complacency and, you know, a lot of people have uh, programs that move the mouse automatically to make it look like you're working these days. Uh, also, <laughs> really? So yeah. be, oh, people yeah. remoting oh, yeah. in to see what they're doing or seeing them work? Oh, all of it is tracked. Wow. I mean, uh, oh yeah. All these technologies were created during COVID. You know, Microsoft came out with all, I, I mean, all these things really expanded work from home and Silicon Valley, you know, look at Slack, look at, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these, um, you know, Zoom, all these different companies that really, you know, drove into the business market. Uh, and people took incredible advantage of that. Like, you know, I kind of, now not everybody for a lot of people is incredibly hard, you know, mm-hmm. to be in an apartment with your three kids at home at the same time, et cetera. Right. Um, but I, I know two sides of this. I know, uh, professionals who literally, you know, they do whatever work and then they have programs that move the mouse and make it look like they're working. I also know people who work two full-time jobs and the one job doesn't know from the other job that they're working two full-time jobs at the same doing time. doing it at the same time? Yeah. So making like $150,000 a year by doing two jobs How do we at do the that? same time. Yeah. Well, and, and, and companies are onto it now. They're like, hold on a second. We got to check mm-hmm. and make sure that this person isn't already working full-time somewhere else. So I don't think we're getting maximum, um, well, a couple of things. One, you're not getting maximum output from your people, but uh, having built and run several companies with hundreds of people, there's something about that blue glow of the people and the, the mm-hmm. closeness and their brains melding and, you know, an idea and walking yeah. down the hall and, you know, leaning over the cubicle, whatever it is, uh, that is irreplaceable. And, and I love that. I love, I've always loved working with people and, you know, and like, Hey, let's have a, a impromptu little get together. What can we figure out here? What can, mm-hmm. what can we, how can we tackle this problem? That may not be the same in every company where that's, where that's the norm, but also this is where 70% of all people meet their future spouse. Yeah. This is, that's you know, true. This is, I mean, this is yeah. where, you know, it's already hard for people to date these days. Oh yeah. Dating app. No, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I think, you know, meeting, it may, it may not be, it may not be your coworker, it could be a client or mm-hmm. someone in the building or, you know, being around people is, inc- that's we're, we're pack animals. We need to be yeah. near people. It's incredibly important. So I think ultimately very bad uh, development for business, for personal relationships, for America, for the world really is just bad. It's better to be, you know, and I can see all the issues with commuting and travel and there's, there's hybrid models, but man, it's important for people to be, to, it really is important for people to be together. Mm-hmm. That's just so important for everything, for who we are as humans, in my, in my opinion. Well, it really is the, the concept of a, of community. Yeah. I, I think it's the what literal, it is. probably yeah. the little, little yeah. word. Yeah. Right. Not, you know, some woke version of it, but the actual, the idea that we live 
beside our butcher, beside the person with the dairy cow. Beside oh, you mean the person a fifteen-minute city? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> but I think there's some there's something to that though, and I've been on a, a journey the last several years trying to decide what a ch- what church is for. What it oh, actually this is, good is for. so interesting. You bring this up. The Surgeon General of America, Vivek, whatever mm-hmm. his name is. He just released an 81-page document. Um, do you mind if I just... I'm no, sorry, I just hijacked, I kind of hijacked you there. But I like it. Hold on a second. Let me, I have it here. Let me open it up. Um, and in this 81-page document, you know, it's all about how we're... As a nation, we, we've become very lonely. And that loneliness is killing us. You know, the, the lonesomeness that we have is on par with smoking 15 cigarettes a day. I mean, this is They're this just is, now coming, coming to this realization, right? I know. Um, I can't find it that fast, but anyway, um, and it, it, first of all, it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we handle that? And only one time in an 81 page document is the word church mentioned. Really? It's all about community centers, yeah. community leader. Mm-hmm. I think five times the word faith is used and, and all in the same paragraph. But there's, there's nothing else about church. Now, if I look mm-hmm. at Fredericksburg, where we live here, we have nine or ten <laughs> right. churches, maybe 12 churches. Yeah. And they all, you know, we have a church of the week and everybody prays for the different church. And all the other churches pray for them. And we have like a, you know, Starfleet Command Council mm-hmm. and, the, and the, all the pastors discuss stuff. And it's all different denominations, you know, it's all all different parts of the body of Christ. Um, but wow, the most organized people, you know, I, and I've been trying to do some stuff with Fredericksburg. You know, I don't want it to be just a destination for bridesmaids and stuff like that. I want, you know, maybe we can have an experience where maybe you do a tour of a, um, of a, uh, you know, of a ranch. Maybe you learn a little bit about cooking, you know, old school mm-hmm. And, you know, on the way home on Sunday, pick up your beef box. You know, there's all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff. The retailers aren't organized. The churches are, or the churches are organized. Yeah. <laughs> and when we joined a church together, Tina and I, that's when we found community. Mm-hmm. And it's not just all about, you know, Jesus talk. No, we're, we're, it's doing we're life going together. flying together. Yeah. We're shooting together. We're doing life together. We're hanging out together. We, you know, it's community it's, and very different people like guy who used to work at Twitter, you know, is a guy who's a aviation lawyer. I mean, <clears throat> arms dealer, you know, it's all these, all these different people. That's it's, that's, yeah. that's community. And I never really understood that, mm-hmm. it, you know, and, and I'm, I'm so grateful that I'm, I'm understanding it now. But in many ways I'm like, Oh man, I wasted so much time not being <laughs> faithful and understanding yeah. God and church and community. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think, you know, that's kind of sad when, and actually the, the one the context of church, and it was mentioned, was uh, in 2022, only 47% of Americans said they belonged or went to a church, down from 73% in 1999. Thanks. That's mm-hmm. your message. That's the only time they yeah. use it. Right. Not like we should do something with that. Mm-hmm. No, just, oh, here's all the other stuff. Basically, right. they're, they're shilling for 15-minute cities. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think is necessarily the answer where, yeah, it's great, but, you know, you have to actually see your neighbors at the butcher. And you have to not be on your phone while you're waiting for mm-hmm. the butcher to get your order. You have to be, you know, present. present. Yeah. yeah. And talking to people. And, you know, that's why I have my, my light phone. Cause <laughs> you know, I was, I find myself at HEB. That's our, our Texas, uh, 
the grocery store. And, you know, if I was waiting in line, then I'd be doom scrolling, whatever, you know, starting my car remotely, whatever I'm doing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I have it nice and cool. It'll be perfect temperature. <laughs> and now I have nothing to scroll because the phone doesn't do that. Just, you know, it's a dumb mm-hmm. phone. And uh, I turn around and say, hey, man, you bought the $55 flowers for Mother's Day as well, huh? Yeah, what a ripoff, huh? Yeah, you know. So we have this conversation. Yeah, yeah, and if my mom was alive and she knew that, she'd kill me, you know? So now we had an, in, it had an interaction. I have an interaction with the cashier, you know, mm-hmm. you know yeah. with the checkout ladies, you know, I'm, I'm bagging myself instead of, you know, being on the phone, waiting for someone to do that. I feel alive. I really feel alive. Well, you get to know people on a different level. Mm-hmm. They're no longer just, it's not a transaction anymore. It becomes yes. personal. You're alive. You're literally alive. Mm-hmm. You're just alive. Yeah. Cause that's, you know, we've, when we in our town, um, early on in COVID, I mean, South Dakota really didn't get near the, the impact that other parts of the country did. Um, and our town, like we didn't see anything for months and then it started to slowly ramp. So we were behind the curve big time. Well, the city council at the time and the mayor, they decided they would, um, implement a no sitting in restaurants ban <laughs> for in March, I think, right, or, or right. May. Well, you could only sit outside. Oh, uh, you you could pick up and leave. Oh, okay. You couldn't, right. or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, there we, was, had, the, we some, had the same for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I had the mayor on the show back then and I said, Hey, what are we doing? You know, is this going to be something that's going forward? And nope, this is a one-time thing. We're basically as a preemptive kind of, it's felt like it was just a, um, we need to do something. We got to have something on the books to show we did something. Right. And that's what it seemed like. Well, as a church, we're like, well, what do we do? You know, how do we be good stewards of people um, without sowing fear? And so I sit on the board of the church as well. And um, so we decided for a few months, we would um, take off because the church, I mean, the building hadn't been really deep cleaned anyway for mm-hmm. years. So we thought, you know, we'll take this opportunity and we'll do that. Well, the number of uh, people that we heard from that said we were now following Satan, um, we were, you know, doing things that were anti-God. And so what it started in me was a quest to really discover what's the purpose of coming together for an hour in the format that we do every week. Why do we do that? Hugely important. Yeah. Yeah. And, And it really is like, that's a connection point where we then can continue some community, but then we have to take that with us every day. It's not something we just were there and we leave because if that's the case, we're no different than the Elks or the Lions club or the Masons where we get together. You, and we interesting. You move say on. that our, um, our pastor, Jimmy, uh, and when he says, he doesn't say actually at the end of this, of his message, which he calls, he says, I'm not going to say you're dismissed. You're commissioned. That's wonderful. You're commissioned to go out there and make lovely messes mm-hmm. and leak your buckets yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And, and that's the truth. It's like, that's, you need to go out and continue that. Mm-hmm. I completely concur. Yeah. And, and it was interesting because I had some really hard conversations with people who have, you know, been in the church their whole lives and been, you know, believers. And the fact that there wasn't the set standard routine anymore mm-hmm. was problematic. Yeah. And it really made me realize, well, what are we doing it for? What's the purpose? And right. it really is that it comes back to that do life together. And well, that, that's also, you know, 
I think it's, look, I'm new. So it's, for me, it's like, it's exciting and mm-hmm. I can't go to church physically uh, mm-hmm. that often, but I, I participate on the YouTube and I know my wife is sitting there. So I, you know, when we're praying, I feel connection with her and, you know, and, and of course, you know, I've made sure that uh, the sound is phenomenal, so I can uh, so I can really enjoy what's going on. I can hear the, See, the room. Full I can get the full experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people, it's a checkbox. It's Sunday. Mm-hmm. Let's go to church. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, yeah. we're done. And then I'm going to go watch football or something else. And so, of course, I'm still new and exciting, excited about everything. So I'm like, oh, you know, uh, and and. Uh, I love talking about, you know, what the message was and, uh, you know, Tina, of course, after work and then after that, we'll talk about it, but uh, it flows right into my own work. Mm-hmm. I got inspired, man. You know, Jimmy and I, we got a thing going on. Like he'll say something like, wow. And I'll really approach the topics of the day with maybe with a, a little different slant or, and he'll listen to me and I hear him talking about things that, you know, in, in his own way and say, okay, this is what's living in the world. Mm -hmm. How do I put this into the message and how do I find connect scripture to it and connect the people about it? Um, so to me, it's a, it's an ever, it's a loop. It just keeps going It keeps going. And maybe that's just, you know, because, um, yeah, as I say, you know, people get into routines and maybe they, it's easy to forget how important things are. It yeah. is, you know, but that's, that's why marriages fall apart. That's why all kinds of things, you know, you'd fall into routines and you forget that it's, it's supposed to be exciting. Mm-hmm. And with exciting doesn't mean it's always all good, you know? No. And that's okay. It's yeah. okay for things to be, to be, I don't want to say bad, but it's okay for them to not go well, but like, we're not called to be happy. And so <laughs> I, I struggle when people are in, in some of the churches I hear it too. It's all, well, I just want them to be happy. I don't. No, that, that, that isn't the goal because first off, that's a fluid feeling. Happiness. What does it mean? Right. It's not quantifiable. Um, content is, and I can be content in a storm or I can be content in right a beautiful on. day. Yeah, right on. And I sure. think that's what we have to strive for mm-hmm. is not happiness. I and, agree. And I had um, a friend of mine, um, Maybe I'll topic a little bit, but she her one of her daughters struggles with identity a little bit. You know, it's kind of dabbled in the I don't know what I am. You know, my boy girl. Dude, how many how many girls don't have this problem? Yeah. Forget gender, just who am I? Identity oh, yeah. in general, sure. Mm-hmm. And she made a comment to me, the mom, a while back, and she said, "You know, I whatever as long as she's happy." And I looked at her and we have a good relationship. So I could ask the, I said, I don't think you believe that really, because if that's true, then what if her happiness is doing something that's not good? I said, what if her happiness was, you know, harming little kitties? Would, would that be something? And her eyeballs kind of went, huh? I hadn't considered that. That's interesting because I, I think that I would also easily say, oh, as long as she's happy, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, yeah that, that, that's a good point. Yeah, we it's we say that easily. Yeah, but we mean, it's probably we a better word. We don't we really use. think yeah. it through. We don't really think it through. Uh, no, I, I think a better thing to say is, "I will love them no matter what." Yeah, that's probably a better thing. Yeah, yeah, that's but, dif- that's different from as long as they're happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. But I also, I also strive to help my girls, and I consider my stepdaughters my girls as well. Uh, so I have my own daughter. And they've all struggled with stuff. All, you know, mm-hmm. women, girls are very special when it comes to modern life, just life in general. There's a lot of stuff. They're under attack constantly. 
Constantly. I, yeah. I, I didn't go to public school. I was homeschooled most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife though did go to public school and she, you know, I didn't know this, but she said middle school is the worst middle school in particular, especially as a girl. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, Why? They're under, they're under attack. Well, it's also, it's not just what happens in school is, you know, you're, you're, you're coming into puberty, you know, your body's changing and you're being told by the entire world, you don't look right. <laughs> right. You have, you know, your, your boobs aren't big enough. Your hair is wrong. You don't have the right makeup. Look at this picture. Look at this model. Look at the fashion magazines. You know, look at the, 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 mm-hmm. and there's a, what, 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 maybe I'm not ready. Maybe I don't feel like that. Maybe I, I don't, I don't want to care, but I have to. And there's, there's so much pressure and that's all from outside school. That's not even in, I love the UK when my daughter went to middle school because they had uniforms. I love the uniform. I love that too. Straight up and down, man. Everyone looks the same. Now you could still make your uniform look a little funky. (laughs) You know, it's okay. I'll give them that. You know, everyone had their own little way of styling it, but that was okay too. Uh, But I I enjoyed that. You know, it's like, and everyone wore a tie, boys and girls. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You you know, you had a shirt, your top was similar. The top was very, was very similar. Yep. Correct. Correct. A jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, basically a suit jacket, a uh, shirt and a tie. And then girls wear, um, uh, skirts. And I think you could wear certain slacks or whatever, but yeah. you know, in general, it was mm-hmm. kind of the same thing for boys and girls and uniform. I, I, I think that was, that was pretty good for what it was. You know, there's no class. It does eliminate dis- that, that other piece, yeah. right? Yeah. Now it's the cars. I am blown away with the cars these kids are driving to school. You, well, it's, you know kids that like to drive. I mean, how many kids want to drive well, anymore? They don't even want to drive anymore. Where I live, they do. Okay, well, yeah. You live, yeah. Right, I, a little I live more in, rural. In, little more rural. In, in the country. But in general, yeah. most of the, the kids that I know, our kids are like, eh, I don't care. Really? Whereas we couldn't wait to drive. I know. We want freedom, baby. Like now I still like to drive. I mean... I can, I mean, I, it's like I won't have an electric car for that very reason. That hampers my freedom. Yeah. If I know that I that yeah. I have to be dependent upon someone like for electricity somewhere, no, no, mm-hmm. no, no. I know I I know I can I can get gas anywhere. <laughs> right. You know, and if I had a diesel, yeah. which is hard to buy, you know, a good diesel these days, you can pee in the tank and it'll still run. You know, diesels <laughs> right. will run on anything. Oh yeah. But that to me is the ultimate freedom. I don't have to think about. It. I have to plan. I don't have to use a map to get mm-hmm. to my next supercharger. I don't want to white knuckle it like in the middle of the night. No, it's like, and I, and I run out of gas, you know, you can screw yeah. that up too, but, yeah, I can, but you can fix it real and quick. I walked right up to the, to a guy. This was near Lubbock. I was stuck, you know, 30 miles from Lubbock and uh, Just recently? ran out of gas. And no, it was a couple of years okay. back, maybe seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, I was driving an underpowered Explorer hauling the Airstream. Oh yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I'll find a gas station before mm-hmm. I hit Lubbock. And no, I did not. And then there was a, it was like a bookstore like a, a crazy little bookstore. And I walked right up and I said, can I buy any gas off of you? And the guy says, yeah, sure. I got some gas. You, you have it. So he fills up a jerry can for me. And I went and said, let me buy some books for me. You know, I bought, you know, 70 mm-hmm. bucks worth of books, whatever. And, uh, and I was like, wow, that's still kind of a freedom feeling. Even mm-hmm. though I ran out of gas, I could knock on someone's door. <clears throat> guy said, yeah, I got a can, no problem. And he wouldn't even take money for it. And, uh, and off I went to the, to the gas station. Now, could I say, do you mind if I camp overnight for 24 hours? <laughs> right. Will I charge my, my car here in your, yeah. do you have a supercharger by any chance? Do you know, do you have a Tesla power wall? <laughs> just so, say with your teeth together though. Tesla power wall. Exactly. <laughs> well, we drove down here and it was about a thousand miles. 
Um, and yeah, I think we stopped three times three for times. fuel. Yeah, three times. And you know, the, the fuel stop is 10 minutes and half yeah. of that's walking in the store to go to the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just anyway, no kids. Uh, no. And you know, all this Uber stuff, I think that's all going to go away. It's, it's inherently unprofitable. It doesn't work. Well, it, it'll never leave in the big city, correct? Just because of the vast number of people that need a ride. Or, or is it going to go back to the taxi world? No, I, th- I think, well, remember this was supposed to be ride sharing and then it, oh, that's it, true, it yeah. was ride sharing and it was, that was kind of a mm-hmm. cool idea. And then it turned into this massive business where they're scamming every penny off you they can. It's like if, um, when we, we when, used to call it carpooling, but carpooling, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. And there were apps uh-huh. for carpooling, but if, you know, when we were living in the city and my stepdaughter was with us, she could, I could order an Uber from our apartment to, to a destination. She could order an Uber from our apartment to a destination. She'd get a lower price every single time because they look, oh, they oh, curry. This is curry. This is curry. We know curry. How, what do they know about me? I don't know if they know about me, but they charge me more. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, the algorithms were known for, for scamming you. Oh yeah. All this stuff. You would not get the same price. So, um, the, the, the model just really doesn't work that well, you know, mm-hmm. and the idea that, People, you know, now it's people, it, it was never intended to be your vocation. You know, now it's a job. It used to be like, well, you know, I'm doing this couple hours on Saturday. Uh, I'm going this way anyway. I could pick some people up, make right. some money. Yeah. And, it, you know, as with all things, particularly in America, then it become this huge business. And it, 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 it really doesn't work. I mean, just like streaming. Streaming's not profitable. Streaming channels is losing. Everyone's, everyone's losing money. Disney, Peacock, they're all losing money. They're losing money. So yeah, but they keep going is, into debt. So, so they're really being yeah, but, controlled by yeah, the but bankers. The, but the they? free money is over. See, now that interest rates are at 5 6%, the money is not that easy. So now you're going to see stuff falling, falling down, breaking apart, and going away. Mm. A lot of this stuff. A lot of it. Uber Eats will probably be the first to go. <laughs> no, it was too expensive. Yeah. It's too, it was crazy. People are you know, spending 50 bucks to have a, a sandwich delivered. You know, that's going to end. It's going to end. Well, and is that the epitome of, of uh, <clears throat> being a hermit, solitude, <laughs> not being willing to go out for a sandwich? Well, I think this stuff fixes itself. All yeah. of it fixes itself. You know, either people can't af- really can't afford it, can't get the credit anymore to afford it, or the companies just go out of business. Mm-hmm. So eventually, the pendulum will swing back. It was it was a fun ride. It was good good fun dreaming about it. You know, just like AI is going to do it all. You know, and then it'll kill us. <laughs> no, please. Okay, so but, thinking <laughs> about your your. Um, when you leave the house, you take your cigarette box, your light phone. Yeah. Um, my chocolate box. Yeah. Just sorry, chocolate cho- box. Yeah. yeah. Chicklets. No. What, what were those? Uh, the black, uh, sin sin. Is that what it was? No, I don't know. Uh, those. Oh, it's, it's oh, the little, oh black little black squares. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, if more people go that route, they're going to lose the ability to call that car because it's all app based. Correct. So is until people rethink their love, I mean, heck, I have an iPhone here, but rethink their attachment to these, will it go away or is it going to dry up and that's going to force this to become less of a thing? Well, now you mentioned an interesting, an interesting issue here, which is Uber specifically. Um, you know, the good news is, is that Every, someone else always has a smartphone. <laughs> So it's someone else, like someone else, someone you else, yeah, someone right. else in the party has a, has a smartphone. <laughs> yeah. So let it not be me. 
Um, so I don't use Ubers mm-hmm. typically, or I don't have them where I live. Or, so I don't or, or Tina will, you know, be with me mm-hmm. if, if if we were traveling. It may be a little bit different, but that's not the same as going to the grocery store, going out to dinner, right. going to, into Austin to you know meet somebody. You know, I'm driving myself. You know, so I I don't really need that. But there's really nothing else. I, need. I really what do I really really need a smartphone for? Mm. I just don't need. There's nothing. That is that important other than I need to be able to contact my friends, family, my wife, my daughters, whatever. That's it. You know, okay. I can listen to a podcast on it. Uh, I can't even really search for a podcast. I can only, you know, have pre pre programmed ones that I've predetermined, you know, update these regularly. Um, calendar, hmm. uh, alarm and uh, address book. That's that's oh, directions it does have directions. Um, that's, and that's actually quite, I think that's necessary because, you know, that the concept of having a map in your pocket is kind of kind of cool, but I could also carry a map. I'm fine with maps. <laughs> we passed a, a, a remember Map Quest. Remember yeah. we used to oh, you go print somewhere, out. you print yes. it out, fold oh, yeah. it up, put it in your pocket. So I used to ride motorcycles in our lifetime, yeah. brother. In our lifetime, I had a tank bag for my motorcycle. Sure, yeah, you and put the it top of it had a yep. open, yep. you know, a clear clear plastic. You pocket. put your, yeah, put your, your map, map in quest. There. In so that's there. a great idea to be riding like that. Oh well, but that's what we did. Sure, we didn't die. Yeah, and we're still here. Exactly. That's right. Um, one of the things that's been kind of rolling about in my head lately is this concept of legacy and what it means. Mm-hmm. And if we need one, who it's for, how do we do it? What, what does legacy mean to you? Um, I'm creating the legacy twice a week. Um, we've always been very clear that we want everybody to copy our show, make copies. You know, there was a time when people were making thousands of CDs uh, putting them on yes, thumb drives, yeah. you know, putting them on their own mm-hmm. streaming stations. Um, and hopefully, you know, our CDs are a good idea, you know, and hopefully archiving um, because the legacy is the stuff we were talking about during these days. And I hope that um, in a thousand years from now, some uh, anthropologist goes, what's this thing? It's a thumb drive. Well, what is it? What is this circular thing? It's a, it's a CD. You put it into one of these things and then you can listen and they will hear what we were talking about. And they'll hear, I think an honest record of what the media was shoving in our face and how we um, received that or de- deconstructed it or how we, you know, what we felt it really meant. And I think that legacy is important. Um, just for, for history, you know, a, 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 mm-hmm. a, a historical record. Um, I hope that um, value for value is, is a part of my legacy that we put enough people on the path to understand that you can function in a community, whether a geographic community or community of interest with exchange of certain things that we valued in a way. And we valued that not really on a one for one scale, but like, Hey man, you do this. And you know, and I do this because I received this value, not a barter system, but like this, what this person does is very valuable to me. So I'm going to do this for them. How is that different from bartering? Well, bartering is more, um, like I need, I need, uh, some eggs. So I'm going to give you my beef. Right. Well, or what do you need that I have? That would be equivalent. Right. But so the the difference here is um, I'm giving you something that you could live without, I guess, but maybe not. And you go, oh, wow. You know, I'm so happy with receiving this thing. 
I'm going to give those people this something that I have. So I'm not asking you for an egg. Mm. You're giving me an egg because Mm -hmm. you got eggs, but I didn't say I'm giving you the show. Give me an egg. You're just saying, Mm -hmm. wow. You know, I was like, I'm going to make some pictures for these folks or I'm going to do some graphic design for them. Mm -hmm. You know, now Tina may have put you on the spot and asked you for that. I don't know, but in general, not at the beginning, (laughs) exactly. In general, the idea is it's a, it's a value exchange because that's the beauty of value you can't determine what someone finds valuable. I cannot mm-hmm. say the No Agenda show is worth 99 cents an episode or $99 an episode. That, that's up to you. Okay, so how do you combat the mindset that is created by Hulu, Netflix, Disney, yeah. um, Paramount, uh, Spotify, that says, here's what this is worth. Our product is worth X amount of dollars, and that's what you have to pay, and that's it. How do you combat that with these, the, the generation that's younger than me, that that's all they know. They don't understand the idea that what I'm getting might be worth a different number than what is on the paper. Well, I don't have to combat it because the market is going to put them out of business. So they're going to go away one way or the other. It's not going to survive. It's just clear. It's not working. The whole idea of networked content. I always say you can't monetize a network. Break that down a little better. What does that mean? <sighs> um, It used to be when there was a monopoly on distribution, so the networks, and let's just forget cable for a second, but just, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, over-the-air networks, radio stations, licensed by the government, uh, you can only have so many, there are only so many of them, and they are limited by time. You can't listen to two shows at the same time. You can only, you know, listen to one show at at one time, Um, and you can't. Okay, you could record something and listen to it later, which of course was a huge revolution. VCRs, uh, Walkmans, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, anything home home media, you know, recording mm-hmm. that was a that was a big big step forward that taught people a lot of things. But you're still kind of fishing in that small pool, um, particularly advertising based distri- distributed media. Um, it just doesn't work anymore because everybody can distribute. Everybody can distribute now over the internet. So when you have that. Um, that vast uh, expansion of distribution, just supply and demand, just laws of, of physics and e- economics tell you that the price is going to go down and it's a race to the bottom. And when it's a race to the bottom, then you, you can't create the so-called high quality content that you want to. Mm. And so equally with, and I know this because I, I tried to do a podcast network and it, it really didn't work. And the reason why it didn't work is um, you can't, whereas everyone can go off on their own and, and make their rent, basically. You know, if someone can make sixty seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year doing their podcast, whether they have a certain type of ad that works for them or whether their people are supporting them or whether they ask people for a subscription, whatever it is, you can do that for that one show and that one audience. You can't do that as a network. Because you got overhead and then, you know, there's always strife like, you know, he got ads. I didn't get ads. Why didn't I get that ad? Well, your content is different, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, It just, it's a drag on the whole system. It doesn't work anymore. This is why a Joe Rogan can be very successful on Spotify, but not much else. Um, Megan Kelly can be very successful by herself because she's found, you know, the 10 advertisers that work for her and, and are okay with what mm-hmm. she says and, and it hits the audience and it's perfect, you know, but she should not. But she's behind a paywall too. And she, is she? 
Uh, I don't know if she's XM. I mean, you right. Well, that's well not, other than YouTube, I guess you can get but, it but on she, YouTube after the fact. She started as a podcast with mm-hmm. advertisers. Okay. Then you know she cut a deal with Sirius XM, so it's basically it's a uh, daily it's, show now. Yeah, but it, you know that's an extra distribution channel for okay. her that could fall away, and she'd have less money, but she mm-hmm. could fill that up some other way. I'm sure. Um, but if she were to, you know, to say, okay, now I can do five other shows with five other hosts, that mm-hmm. would be a disaster for her. So that's kind of the point is that people can't, A, the networks can't afford to create all this content and sell it to you for 20 bucks a month. And people can't afford to subscribe to all these, <laughs> right. all these apps, yeah. you know, at 20 bucks a month. So mm-hmm. they're going to have to find a way to select, select the ones that they want. And there's no mechanism um, in Hollywood yet that says, okay, you can just get succession. You can just get, you know, the marvelous Ms. Maisel. No, you have to get all this other mm-hmm. stuff with it. And that's the only way the networks have ever been able to make it work. And now they can't even do that. So that the whole model is just falling. If we saw newspapers and magazines fall apart, it was kind of a slow motion. And now yeah. we're seeing the same thing with television and movies. Well, the, news, the, the magazine model died because you could now get on a screen. No. A lot of it, right? The, 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 well, the newspaper... Let's start with newspapers. Oh, well, they're, the yeah. newspaper model died because of Craigslist because right. the, the newspaper yeah. was making money on classified mm-hmm. ads and they thought yep. that, oh, well, everyone will keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. And what's Craigslist? Yeah. We'll, we'll just do that. No, Craigslist just had a better idea and, mm-hmm. and did it better. Um, magazines, it's still a very small subscription model. I think that like zines, you know, just magazines yeah. in general, you can have a magazine and you can have 50,000 subscribers to your magazine who really appreciate the product, whether it's digital or print, and you could be okay. But now having a whole slate of those and owning 50 magazines, oh, right. you're going to put too much burden on yourself. It just, mm-hmm. it just doesn't work anymore. You can't monetize the network the way you used to. Because the network, I, I should, I should c- complete that sentence because the network, hmm, I'm not sure how to do it yet. So the network is like the content network, but the network that we all use, the, the internet, basically that that's, you know, that is there for you to monetize as an individual or as, as, you know, as a, a group that is doing a particular thing amongst one community. Mm-hmm. You can't do all, all of this at the same time anymore. It just, it's, it's proven. It's everything now is fake. Like, and like, you know, why are, are CNN and MSNBC and Fox and Newsmax, why are they all yelling about the, each other? Because they right, can't, have, there's nothing else. To talk they, about. they have no, they have right. no money to yeah. go and do real news. Right. Yeah. All they have is money to, co- to record the other guys and go, well, look at those shitheads. Oh man, I can't <laughs> believe what they're saying. They're no good. And now Tucker, Car- so Tucker Carlson is a great example. He's not going to get paid $20 million by Elon Musk. He's going to buy distribution from Elon Musk. That is that not, the deal? Or well, is we that his plan? I'm, 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 telling you, I'm telling you what the truth will, will be. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't know any deal for mm-hmm. sure, but um, it makes nothing but sense that whether it's a percentage of subscriptions or however Tucker is going to do it, but Tucker's not going to be part of a network. He's going to be his own entity. He can monetize himself. Uh, whether it's with certain advertising, you know, I'm sure Mike Lindell will be happy to, to pay 10 million bucks at least or whatever, yeah. you know, to be the sole sponsor. And he will pay a piece to Elon Musk for Musk distribution. That's the model of the future. Mm-hmm. Any podcast, we pay $500 a month for distribution. That's what we pay. 
Now, if, if we didn't have our wonderful producers, we'd be paying 5000 maybe 10000 maybe more for bandwidth and for people, et cetera. But we would still do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but we can't do it in, in a network concept. We can only do it as ourselves. And the beauty of podcasting um, is that you have one app. The idea is you have one app and you can get all the programming and you can select what you want. Right. That's why it was so successful. So what does that do to like the blaze and the daily wire and those networks that yeah, are yeah. trying to um, do, they're, they're trying to be really, they're trying to be cable news competitors. Well, not entirely because they have now remember they all, they're very specific community. So they're not, they're not trying to be a cable a cable. Like cable is trying to, um, catered everybody like Disney is trying to cater to the whole family. Uh, ESPN is trying to cater to people who like, uh, race car driving and, and, okay. and football and baseball and, uh, et cetera. Um, daily wire is right-wing conservative. Um, the blaze is right-wing conservative, maybe even more. There's a religious aspect to both of those, by mm-hmm. the way. And they have a million a million people who subscribe and pay $10 a month. That's a perfectly valid model for that. Um, and then they add, throw some ads on top. I think the ads are less important, but that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. If you can get a million yeah. people to, yeah. you know, so that's 120 million a year. You can give every host a million dollars. Everybody's happy. Maybe your whole overhead is 30 million, mm-hmm. but that's it. And they're not going to grow. And then, and they cannot try to to get other people. Don't try and get, Different, don't try and get Muslims. Don't try and get, you know. No, um, stay in your lane, basically. Stay in your yeah. lane. Um, that works, mm-hmm. but that's a subscription model. Uh, and the advertisers are also very tailored to that audience. Now you see that there is churn. There's, you know, there's shows that have to mm-hmm. go, you know, for all kinds of reasons, like Crowder, out. You know, uh, Tommy Laren, out. So, you know, there's going to be churn and there's going to be, you know, and those, again, I think. Even for those people, are you crazy? Why join a network? Do it yourself. <laughs> right. You know, for, yeah. if, if you want a, a steady paycheck, okay. You know, then, then you live by the sword, you that, die that by the sword. That must be it. Or yeah. is there some... Yeah, people are afraid. It's, it's scary. Yeah. I understand that. But the paychecks are there pretty big. Our it pay, sounds like it. Our paycheck <laughs> is not as big, yeah. but we're free. You mm-hmm. know, we... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is all... You, you, you got to make choices. And having worked in, I mean, it was easy for us. Like, pff, I don't want to work for anybody <laughs> right. anymore. Like, you know, if I said to, to, to Beck, I'm sure if I said, hey, man, could I start a show here tomorrow and you give me a nice paycheck? I think, I, you know, he's kind of oh, made yeah. enough hints and mm-hmm. people are like, yeah, it could be okay. I'd hate it. <laughs> I'd hate it. I'd hate it. I don't want to have a meeting about the show. If it was crap, I know it was crap, but I don't want to have to have a meeting about it. Uh-uh. Or the ratings are down. No, all I need to know is, did enough money come in for me to be able to settle my bills? That's it. And can I put a little bit away for the retirement? You know, but even then I'm going to die spitting in this mic, baby. That's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to die spitting in this microphone. As long as I can talk, I'm going to do yeah. it. And that will be a, a sad day. Um, why? Oh, there'll be no sad days. No well, sad days. of course. Um, some of us who've grown up with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why in the world did you buy a helicopter company or did you start one? <laughs> oh man. 
Oh, did you fly before? No, no. Um, this was end of 1999. I was flush with cash from dot com money. I bought a castle. I bought a cool house in what Amsterdam. What kind of cash? We went, oh, millions, millions, and um, and I just didn't care. It's like, oh, you is know, that I'm, what you do? You just start throwing it around? Uh, I, I, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, I guess in a way, yeah. in a way, you know, I was young. It's like, Hey, here I am. And it was a business. The idea was, you know, I really liked the idea of flying from Amsterdam to Belgium where the castle was in the helicopter. So that far. was cool. Um, and you know, it would have taken three hours by okay. car, but it was, you know, 35 minutes by helicopter. Oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah and, a, you know, it was like six passenger totally. dual turbine. And I said, but the only way it really makes sense is if, you know, this $4 million helicopter, if we have a fractional ownership company. At the time, Warren Buffett had just bought NetJets and Mm -hmm. the model was well known. And I thought I could get enough rich people in the Netherlands and Belgium to use this. And uh, so I started the company. You know, it was like this. And so the idea was it didn't have to be wildly profitable as long as I could fly for free. That was the idea, Um, which was great until 9-11 happened. Then no one wanted to fly in anything, didn't want any partnerships in any flying machines whatsoever. So they got scared off of aircraft? Oh, yeah. People really didn't want to fly. It just, it, it, was, it was not a pitch. Mm. <laughs> nope. There was no pitch after 9 11 for aircraft. So, no, it was just no pitch. There's no pitch. No, and people pulled out, and there was uncertainty in the world. Um, and so that just had to end. And I tried a smaller version of it, which was basically small helicopter rental to get from point A to point B at a reasonably affordable mm-hmm. price. And the, I had one pilot then, a former ex-Marine uh, helicopter pilot, and she developed a fear of flying. Oh, that's not good. And, uh, and which actually turns out to be not abnormal for uh, female pilots at a certain age is all kinds of stuff that really? can happen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a psychological mm. thing. Um, but you know, I, I, I tried to help her get her help, whatever she needed, but I had to shut it down. You know, it's like, okay, had to fold the company and it's like, but you know, I really like the helicopter thing. <sighs> what if I just learned to fly myself? And so that, was it that point that you learned? Mm-hmm. That's, that's when I started wow. to take lessons. Yeah. So I learned, um, helicopters first and, uh, it took me a while, you know, because it's, it's real easy to, you know, if you have an instructor with you, then you can fly, you know, you can fly all day long. You can fly to your castle as long as you have the logistics worked out, you know, that, that, that the, that the instructor takes the helicopter back mm-hmm. or whatever, then, you know, you're learning. So, you know, I was on a hundred hour learning program, which is long. And uh, so I got my, my license in 2006. Um, once I focused on it, it was, you know, went real fast and I got my license. And then after that, I got my fixed wing license and then I, uh, we moved to the UK and, uh, and I used uh, my Cessna 182 RG to fly from the UK to the Netherlands and back, you know, and to, to visit family and just to, you know, to fly. And I really enjoyed it. And, and that was, a, it's a lot cheaper. Uh, fixed wing is a lot cheaper. <laughs> Cessna is a lot cheaper than helicopter and you go a lot faster. Um, so yeah. And, and I've really, I've really enjoyed flying for transportation, not mm-hmm. just to fly around to get a hundred dollar hamburger. You know, it's like, yeah, I want to go somewhere. Like I went up to the Beck. And mm-hmm. so, uh, I would have flown myself with my instructor, but my buddy, uh, who was also my periodontist, he has a plane. I knew he would enjoy it. So yeah. I said, dude, let's, let's take your plane. So did you give him, did you pitch it to him? 
say, hey, fly me? Or Oh, yeah. I said, you want to go see Beck? He says, awesome. yeah, sure. I said, oh, well, cancel some patience, nice. man. It's on a Tuesday. And I'll claw back some of that money I gave you to, to fuck right. in my mouth. And uh, yeah, and I paid for gas. I paid yeah. for half the gas. You know, it's like, you know. 180 bucks, whatever he, he paid for the other, it's his plane. So, you know, it's not that expensive, mm-hmm. uh, if you own it, but he's still, you know, he's got to maintain it. It's a, it's a real cost of ownership, but we had, a, he's a great pilot too. I mean, I, I'm not, how old he's 38. Okay. Um, he's been, he also, he's been flying a, well, he's been licensed in 2006, but he's been flying a lot, mm. a lot, a lot of hours. And, you know, you're up there with Dallas, Fort Worth, you're with, you got, uh, uh, Love Field, you've got Addison where we land. There's a lot of traffic, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of, you can't be asking, oh, sorry, what'd you say? You know, you don't want to be that guy. <laughs> you got to be clear and concise. You, you know, it's, you know, you're quick. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, you're, you, you're making decisions real fast. It's, um, there's a lot going on. Uh, so he's a great pilot, fun to watch because I learn a lot from him. And, uh, you know, so it was, it was a good deal. We're friends, you know, so he, he loved the whole Beck experience. Of course, he's never seen anything like that. Um, and you know, Beck gave us a tour of his museum God, and all this stuff. That. And, you know, so that was great. And then, you know, and so we were up and back in the same day, which it saved me two days of all kinds of hassle. So, yeah, no, that's fantastic. Did you ever meet Don Imus? No, no, I didn't. I was in New York at the same time, but no, never, mm-hmm. never met him. No. He always fascinated me. Yeah, I was a stern guy, you know, when, uh, when I was in Because they were New York. direct competitors for a oh, while. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, and stern would always be ragging on him. So mm-hmm. I just never listened. You know, I was always, even WFAN, so it was about, you know, sports stuff and I didn't care about sports. Uh, I was a, I was a stern guy. I was a Howard Stern listener. So that's, <laughs> uh, and of course I met Howard several times. That was he. Neurotic. Um, I, I stole a lot from him. A lot of his interview style, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I learned from him. Um, Curry and the Keeper is is based directly on something that he would always say to his wife, Allison, at the time. It's like, she would be on the air, and he said, just act, just be normal, just be like you are at home. It'll be great if you just, can you just be honest and just be normal? She couldn't do it. Yeah. And, and I've always had that in my mind, like a husband-wife show or podcast. Mm-hmm. There was no podcast at the time. So if you're really honest then it could be really good. And I, I think that in a way that's what um, I, I, I don't like comparing myself to the genius of Lucio Ball and Ricky Ricardo. Um, but I love that dynamic, yeah. that dynamic of uh, goofy husband. Cause of course I'm a goofy <laughs> husband. We're all goofy in a way, um, you know, wicked smart wife, mm-hmm. um, but there's still a, a huge respect and a love. And I think, I think that we have that naturally. I think most couples really have it naturally, but to, to, sh- if you have a good, healthy marriage, but to be able to uh, portray that in a podcast or a comedy show or a sitcom, what is, um, that's not easy, but if you can do it, I know that it hits the mark. I, cause we watched, I love Lucy. Yeah. For Lucy getting into trouble, but it was all, it was that dynamic. It was love. It was a relationship. The relationship it, yeah. was real. And, and they had an off-screen relationship, mm-hmm. which you knew was also probably a lot like what, what you saw on screen. Now, didn't always, didn't end up great for them, but, um, you know, Tina and I coming from a very different starting place, you know, we're, we're all intense purpose. We're newlyweds too. So, you know, and, and we have all these different things we're doing together, like our faith journey. And, um, and, you know, we started this just to, just to do it and to have fun together. Cause 
Hey man, I get to drink a bottle of wine and joke with my wife for an hour every yeah. week, guaranteed, guaranteed, mm-hmm. right? It's, 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 it's a lot of fun. And people start saying, you know, we really, you're inspirational. We like how you communicate with each other. We like this. This is good. And, and the faith journey, this is really helpful to people. So that's when, you know, we said, you know, let's just do this for real. Let's not do it every two weeks. Let's do it every week. So originally it was just, you know, every twice a weeks. month and yeah. it was just to, as an outlet. Um, right. Well, well I, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, it, it um, I knew she'd be great. Mm-hmm. I've heard her on the radio. I knew she'd be so mm-hmm. good. I knew she would love it. She's a great storyteller. I knew she would have a lot of fun. And it's like some couples golf. Yeah. You know, yeah, we can yeah. go golf. We've discussed all these things. We go golfing. So I want to do a podcast. This will be more fun. We'll drink wine, <laughs> you know, have fun. some cheese, you know, we'll, <laughs> right. we'll yap a little bit. We'll make some friends. People will like it. We'll talk about Fredericksburg. You know, we'll help our community maybe. You know, maybe we'll get a, a, a table at vaudeville easier. You know, if they, oh, there's the podcast couple. <laughs> you know, hey, so, there are perks. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, but that that was that's always been the yeah. idea. And now it's now it's really become Hey, you know, there's a community out there. People like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, and, and we're, it's, it's the same model, brother. It's like people are sending us information, notes, things that what they're doing, what, what they, what they're interested in, uh, their little businesses. We love talking about that. So now we're just building something new and we'll see so where it goes. Are you, I think a legacy again, are you kind of building a framework or, or, or setting an example of a success or an oh. example of success? Well, I don't know if it's a sample, uh, an example of success, but um, uh, uh, living up in a down mm-hmm. world yeah. is, has taken our format and mm-hmm. adapt and with, with blessings and love and coaching and has turned that into a completely different yet similar type show. This yeah. is a category. This is a category. Mm-hmm. I love this. I mean, I've heard husband and wife podcasts are usually like, eh, icky, eh, eh. Mm-hmm. okay, too long, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, just not interesting. Um, we have our things and I hear Jimmy and Annette and dude, th- they are made for this. Oh, they are without made doubt, yeah. for this. It's yep. so good. And they have, you know, they have their, their, um, their pastoring, which they, you know, which they kind of is the central point mm-hmm. of, of their podcast, but it's still husband and wife. You can tell the relationship. Yeah. They're honest and open with each other. It's compelling to listen to. It's interesting. It's compelling. It, you learn something, you feel good yeah. while you're listening to it. That to me is the ultimate. So I hope to see many more. Yeah. I mean, I hope to see many, many more. That's, that's, yeah. So if, if we've done that, then that's, there's legacy for yeah. you. Yeah. I'm very proud of what they're doing. It's yeah. Really it's really fantastic. Cool. And from that, my wife and I have talked considerably about I'm sure you have. doing something. I'm sure you have. You're kind of centering around homeschool and, mm-hmm. you know, the living entrepreneurial and homeschool. How do you do that? How do and, you do it? Yeah. That's, that's not easy. <laughs> no, that's not she's easy. She's wonderful. I that's think, how I mean, I know there's homeschooling podcasts out there, but I think you guys might actually be, I would be interested you know, to see you guys take a crack at that uh, because it's not just how do you homeschool your kids? That's the least important thing. Right. It's how do you live with it? Yeah. How do you live as a, as a married couple, husband and wife? How do you, I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And that would be very inspirational for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Cause that's, Everyone understands how you can school your your children right. at home, but that's that's just a small part. Yeah, you know, how yeah. do you how, how do you make it work? How do you make it work? How like do, each other? And, yes, and, <laughs> really? and, and make time for yeah. each other. And it's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 
So yeah, it's on our it's on our list. But hey, it, we'll it call really Jeff Smith, man. We got to get, get him ramped right. up for a jingle. <laughs> that's, that's right, <laughs> Jeff Smith. To the he's part of the format, that guy's baby. Fantastic, you guy. bet. You bet. Adam Curry, this has been uh, a real treat for me to be able to sit here with you and dude. It's shoot been, the breeze. It's been it's so been nice to have you and your lovely wife here and. Uh, um, you haven't had enough wine, but we'll, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, get there. we'll get you into that. Oh, you don't like wine, but we get our, our cucumber vodka. There he is. Um, it's been so nice to, to have you guys over here. We've been looking forward to it. You've been yeah. so gracious with your time, helping us with, um, your graphics, your so talents. And then, you know, now you did all these pictures, which, and I've seen some of the, just some previews. It's, 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 so, it's really nice. It should be really fun. Absolutely. And to have, you know, a series of professionally shot stuff with my wife and especially our, I won't, I won't give it away, but the one we did outside, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's art, man. It was nice, nice working with yeah. you. It really was nice work well, with both you. of you, with both of you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it's a blast. And, uh, yeah, this is like not Mecca, but ah! po- podcast Mecca, <laughs> I guess. Not everyone comes is. here. That's for sure. Not everyone comes into the, no. into the studio. That's the In fact, I think, um, besides Tina, I don't think uh, anyone's ever sat on Are that you kidding side. Me? I don't think so. No, no. Um, in in the old house, I had Slim there and uh, mm. Alan Graham from. Uh, oh, that guy Village. was holy cow! That interview was phenomenal, yeah. by the way. Yeah, um, but no, you, you're the first person um, outside of Tina to sit on that side of the desk. Wow. Yeah, you sound great. That's fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so I, I guess it goes along with my black knighthood. How about that? Oh boy. Yes. You're one of those, are you? <laughs> no, I don't even bring it up. <laughs> you've awesome. got a ring though. I do. Okay, good. That's right. As long as you've been recognized, that's oh, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Adam Curry, thank you. Where's the best place for people to reach you? Uh, well, uh, noagendashow.com is, uh, or .net. They the both, flagship. They both yeah, the flagship. Yeah. Um, if you just, now I'm on Mastodon, which is, um, there's a good, good way mm-hmm. to, to find me, Adam at noagendasocial.com. And if all else fails, then Adam Curry on Twitter, or you can always email me. I, I read it all. People think I have assistance, which is always weird. <laughs> Adam at curry.com. Cool. And curryandthekeeper.com. Curry and the Keeper. Hello. Oh come I, on. I can't believe curry it. I, and the I almost got slapped real bad. <laughs> curryandthekeeper.com. Yes. That's what you can really find now out what's really going on. With now me. weekly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. It is a great insight into the two of them and their uh, relationship, but with each other and with the with the lord and everything else so um thanks again for taking the time this has been huge my pleasure craig i appreciate it. thank you noagendashow.net curryandthekeeper.com amongst others adam curry thanks so much for hanging out uh, and inviting me into command central in hill country in the heart of texas TheInterviewPodcast.org is where you can find the rest of the conversations we have and where you can return the value back to us for the shows that we produce. Also, if you listen on the Fountain app, you can send us Satoshi's Boost the Show. Thanks a lot for hanging out. Had an absolute blast. Thanks again, Adam and Tina Curry, for giving us a wonderful afternoon. Have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening.